0: Welcome to the C3 Church Noosa podcast. Stay tuned for this week's message. ...that are going to sit on the panel. Look at you, Grant. But uh, I just want to remind us all that sit on the panel this morning that a, an expert is just a drip under pressure. Uh, but um, I, need the, I need the drums. But who thinks it sounds like a good idea just to focus up on family? Uh, God's into family. God loves family. Uh, he instituted family in the beginning and... Uh, You know, I I do want to acknowledge this before we start, though, this morning, that as much as I'm excited uh, about having a month on focusing on family, there may be some people that aren't. And and I just want to acknowledge that we've all come from different and varying backgrounds where we've experienced different and varying things. And for some of us, we're going to have good memories and good thoughts towards family. To others, uh, not so good. And uh, we in no way want to cause stress or or pressure upon anybody else. Like I said, there is no perfect family. Ask Brian and Annette, they watched last night as I smacked Zach and he melted down and Ella wouldn't go to bed and she's playing with her slime in her bed. And I'm telling her, Noah, you're getting up at six o'clock in the morning, go to bed now. You know, it's just a great father. And you know, I, I didn't sit down and pray and I didn't sit down and read the Bible. And I said, get to bed now. <laughs> and then I walked in 10 minutes later and then prayed. There is no perfect family. You're not looking at an angel or a saint or anything like that here. either. But we can all do better and we can all work at perfecting the family we're a part of, because I can't do much about what happens, but I can do, and you know what, I'm a work in progress, and so are we all, Uh, but my belief is that regardless of the family we've come from, or the experiences that we've walked through, family is worth fighting for, you know, whatever your family looks like, whatever that dynamic is, it's worth fighting for. And that's my encouragement, that if nothing else, we can be an example to our community, we can be an example to those that we meet, that though not perfect, I am fighting for what I have and what's mine. Uh, And and the other thing is this, that we don't have to let our past determine our future. That today I can make a decision that regardless of what I've gone through, I'm going to step towards what I desire. You know, in Genesis 2.18, we see God establishing the beginning of the family unit. Genesis 2.18, it says, The Lord God said, it is not good for man to be alone, I think because we probably would have messed everything up, Uh, I will make a helper suitable for him. It's not good that man be alone, I'm going to make a helper suitable for him. Thank you Lord for my helper, she's very suitable. Proverbs 18.22 says, he who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favour from the Lord. So I'm very favoured here this morning, I found a very good thing, happy birthday darling. Hey, so in the 1950s, and I just want to do a little bit of a preamble before we get the uh, crack team of experts up here this morning. And we're just going to ask some questions and talk about some stuff. But in the 1950s, a traditional family was described as one that consists of a man, woman, and one or more of their biological or adopted children. And in most traditional families, the man and woman were husband and wife. So that's the 1950s definitional view of what a standard family was. Um, today, however, we live in a society where the view of family is very fluid and ever-changing and it's, it's not consistent and, you know, just, we'll all be aware, we've got single-parent families, blended families, multiracial families, multi-generational families, 2 mum families, two-dad families, no-kid families, the list goes on. The family unit today, we are family, a community of like-minded believers and, and, and friends in one place, but the church isn't exempt from any one of those definitions on that list, solo parent, blended family but it's okay, God can be in the midst of what we're doing, when we're doing it, how we're doing it so that we can get better at what we do and in thinking through all of this I thought um, the question would be how do we or can we as believers uh, function within a society void of absolutes, society says there is no absolute, there is no black and white, there is no uh, right or wrong in regards to how we do family or what family looks like but as believers we're guided by the word of God which never changes so how do I do it well and hopefully over the course of today and the coming month we'll be able to answer a few questions you may have questions you may want to talk to some of the team uh, and we might be able to point you in the right direction this I know though is that every single person on the planet is loved and desired by God every person on the planet and we've all been given free will and free choice So it's not our job as the church or as believers to judge any other person for the choice they make in that state of free will and free choice. We're to love people, to extend mercy and grace and display the love of God to them. Amen? As Christians, though, we should hold on to our core beliefs and not have them swayed by popular opinion or society standards. Uh, You know, let me read a few quick... Uh, scriptures towards this morning and then I'm going to get our panel actually the panel might like to come and establish themselves and I'll let you fight over the order the pecking order grant you're bigger than most so you could probably sit there and then we're underway but you know in Ephesians 1 starting in verse 3 come on it says praise be to God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ here it is for He chose us in Him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in His sight. In love, He predestined us for adoption into sonship through Jesus Christ. He wanted you adopted into the family. God loves family. God is gregorious, He's relational. He's into the family unit. And He made a way that we could be adopted into that family unit. In Genesis twenty-two twenty-four, 24, and then in Ephesians five thirty-one, it says, for this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one. God's into marriage, he's into family, he's into marriage. You know, it says, uh, Psalm 68, a father to the fatherless, a defender of widows, is God in his holy habitation. God sets the solitary in families, he brings out those who are bound into prosperity. And I love that, God takes the, 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 the loner, God takes the individual, the outcome, and he brings them into family. And the church can be that family for those that don't have family or a dysfunctional family or a fractured family. We can be that for them. Ephesians 6 says, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise that it may be well with you and you may live long on the earth. If you take nothing from today, you will be blessed and God's favor will rest if you honor your mother and father. And it's not an easy thing to do for some people what I've experienced, what I've walked through, what I've been challenged, it's not always easy. You don't have to agree with everything your parents do or say, but you do have to honor them because they were your God-given parents. Um, What I'm going to do now is uh, just start to ask this panel of experts, oh my gosh, we got the the best looking people to come and sit before you today, Um, just to briefly introduce themselves, maybe your names, how long you've been married, what you do, how many kids you have, what your bank balance is, that kind of stuff. And, uh, and then we're going to come around some questions, all right? Have we got Nick?
1: You go. My name's Nick. Yeah. My lovely <coughs> wife, Cussie, and Leo, um, who is currently at his mum's house. That's part of our family. Um, yeah, it's a bit of an honour sitting up here, mate.
0: <laughs> how long have you been married?
1: That's a bit of a tricky question. The first time round was a few years. Uh, the second time we've been married for four years now. I'm super happy, Come and um, through prayer, now am equally yoked. So I'm pretty happy about that. Beautiful. So yeah, it's it's been a journey. Fantastic. Yeah. Good. Brian and Nat.
2: <laughs> well, um, I suppose <coughs> we've been married for um, 36 years. Come on. Um, we have, um, we have a blended family. We have um, six kids between us. Um, first of all, I had three daughters of my own in a, a previous marriage. Um, and it had two children, Melissa being one of them. And um, we have one now between us. So uh, we have 20 grandchildren. And... Um, we are very blessed, we have a very blessed life, and um, we're m- incredibly blessed by having 20 grandchildren that love the Lord, and, um, and the whole family's been very happy together, so we've had ups and downs of being together, but anyway, you might be feeling all that well.
0: Fantastic.
3: I'm being gracious because I tend to talk more than Grant. So, I'm Sally, this is my husband Grant, we've been married for nearly 15 years this year.
0: Come
3: on. Um, We have four children, um, aged from 13 down to (laughs) 5. And I suppose professionally, um, we have a counselling clinic in Coulomb um, and are both social workers, so... Um, yeah, the pressure's on us to be extra good parents because we're often teaching others how to be extra good parents, so <laughs> yeah, pressure's on.
0: So tell us about that though, because it's, it's not easy and the fact is you know, the, the, you know what you should do and we, you, know, you know the techniques and if we do this and if we do that we'll get this result, but life's not always that simple and it doesn't always go that smoothly and uh, there's just family funky dynamics. Do, do you want to just talk into that a little bit? Grant's not feeling well this morning, so if you want to stretch your hand out and pray for him, (laughs) he's a little under the weather. Uh,
4: Really, Sally loves to talk.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Only on a microphone. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so, I mean, I suppose that's one of the things that is really important to, uh, in terms of our family value and something that we certainly try and teach other parents and other um, couples is to be real. And the real walk of marriage, the real walk of parenting, is tricky, You know, anywhere where you put more than one person in a room and expect them to get along with the other people in there is actually a big call, because we all bring our own past, we bring our own, you know, things that we're going through, our own feelings, emotions, and then we're expected to get along with everybody else who has also got their pile of, of things. So, yeah, it's actually it's really important to be real. And to be honest and to say sometimes we don't actually have the answer and that's okay. Um, and I suppose the bonus for um, most of us here is we've got God who, um, like Pastor Christian was saying, created family and created marriage. So I think he's got the ideal pretty sorted if we go to him. Um, I think that's, yeah, really important.
0: Fantastic. I'm going to come back and touch on that shortly. But Nick, I wanted to ask your question, question. Did you want to answer that, Chris? No, no, no. no? You, you mentioned you, you have been previously married. Yep. Um, you've got your beautiful wife, Cussie, here now and your little champion, Leo. The thing that strikes me is uh, you're a businessman, so you're a great builder in the community. You're a businessman. Together, you've established a, a clothing label. Um, you're here every week. You're setting up, you're serving, you're doing it. I guess my question of you is um, how do you deal with the issues and pressures of life differently now
1: from how you used to? Well, to give you a background of where I was probably gives bearing to wanting to change the next step, so um, being previously married to a good, she was a good mother, um, whereas we didn't click in the sense of she had no faith whatsoever, so it was a consistent battle to get to church, tithing wasn't even, didn't even go there, um, because at the time, you get put into a situation where you've got to make a choice. And she put me into that position where I eventually made the choice. And the step through to now, where all those pressures that you would normally have having a partner who... It's not whether they do or don't believe, it's the acceptance. She didn't accept my faith at all. Whereas now, in a relationship with my lovely wife, who we are evenly yoked in that sense where... Our family is completely unified, Beautiful. and the blessing that comes from that, that God tells you that, you know, when your family's unified, it's one of those battles that we no longer have to have, because we're in that same place. Yeah. Now, Leo's coming to church, and the family is far stronger than it ever could have been. What, what have you done to establish that unity? So you, as, a,
0: as the head of the home, say, pitching vision towards this is what we do, and this is what we should do and how we should do it. What, how have you built that unity within your family unit?
1: Well, it was a, a two-person thing. Like, every, um, every husband should listen to the wisdom of his wife in that sense. And we always, we always, we communicate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We communicate, really. The, the key word's wisdom, though. There are... <laughs> we talk and communicate really well. So... The things that come, come together is sitting at the table, having dinner together, when Leo's around, that's, that's a must because it opens up those, all, those little, all those little, what they call Easter eggs of kids going through their stuff at school and we learn each other about what's happening during the day and it helps. At the dinner table. At the dinner table is okay. one of those main focuses and we both sat down and said, well, that's one of the key focuses we used to have is to have family time in that element. Beautiful. So. That's great. Thank you, Nick. Brian and Annette,
0: uh, as you mentioned, you've, you've both been married prior, you got divorced, you got remarried, you've, you have a blended family, six kids, 20 grandkids, and they all get along. We, we get a big family, but they all get along, they're in church, and they believe in God. How did you manage it all? Be- and I, let, me, let me say this, because your journey hasn't always been easy. You've had big business, you've, you've known, uh, you know, a lot of prosperity, you've had, had tough times through a GFC, through, you've lost everything, you've rebuilt again, but the family units remain strong. Um, what, what's, what's the key, what's the secret, how did you manage it? I think, I ask that question because I think that's reflective of all of us, that we can have, go through good times and then we can go through rock bottom times and sometimes we change as a result of the circumstance or the season I find ourselves in, but you've, you've stayed consistent and I, I guess I'd just love you to speak into that.
5: Well, I guess um, that that is the key, is is staying consistent. Um, We have always made the decision to be in church um, and take our family to church. And (coughs) we've done that all the way through. And, um, you know, I mean, obviously, my children were quite young when we... Um, when my first marriage broke up and we came together. um, Brian's girls were a bit older, but um, we still maintained that. There were decisions that we had to make along the way to make changes in regard to where we lived, where we went to church, because there were times, or there was a particular time when we were in a place where we were in a church that just wasn't doing it, like it just was not an evangelistic church. It was, was not a spirit-filled church. And we felt that, and we, we felt within our hearts that we needed to make a move. And that was significant, actually, because when we did make that move, we moved to a different area. And um, we created the environment, a, a Christian environment, Around us, we so I I could go into a lot of detail there, but you may not want that detail. Probably um, not. No, because uh, Christian knows that I'm a bit of a detail person. Maybe that's where my daughter gets that from. Too. To, you know. So
0: let me say this though: Would you say through what you've just said that you made decisions for investment into your family and your
1: future? Yeah,
5: definitely, and um, created an atmosphere in the home. That was um, loving and caring and, Im, um, and inclusive. So it, it's hard um, raising children that uh, that aren't your own. In, in in a lot of ways, you know, there's a different love there. You you love them all, but you love them differently. And I guess that's the same with your children too, because they're different natures. But so She's um, got favorites. No, I don't. I don't have (laughs) favourites. I'm the favourite. But, (laughs) but, you know, there's challenges. And so it's just including them all, loving them, um, treating them equally. I guess all of that helps. Let me ask this question
0: then, and Brian yourself. How did you go being a stepmother or a stepfather? Because you do things, Brian, which uh, I I look at, and I don't even know if you know that I've learned from these things, but you ring your kids every single week. Uh, so Brian is a stepfather uh, he's a father and a stepfather of six but there's never a week that goes by where he doesn't call every one of his kids and just see how they're doing now how old are the kids 50 uh, and uh, 48
2: 48
0: 48 45 yeah down to down down to 35 but you still call them every week
2: 35 but I ring them all yeah
0: well, I'm challenged by that, you know, and, and I want to do that for my kids later on in life. And I want to encourage it. Just keep those communication lines open, keep communication regular, and just touch base. It doesn't have to be a deep conversation. Well, one, of the,
2: one of the problems you have today is ringing. OK, there's a particular problem that the kids have that they actually turn the phones onto silent and they look at who's calling and they don't say hi, you know. And all you want to say is hi, but you, you, you get the cold shoulder with the phones turned off. And they, a lot of them do it. That's we're going go to go to
0: counselling next week.
2: <laughs> but um, we, we, I get a bit of a problem with that. And, and, uh, and if my kids start sending me texts for happy birthday, I'll be very cranky. I, I don't believe in this uh, lack of communication that we, we're, we're growing into. But anyway, we have spent... I have spent... Uh, the last 36, well more than 36, 38 years old, keeping in touch with the girls um, particularly the girls as as, um, you know they had had to come and go and um, as Christian said ringing them every week and uh, last night my oldest daughter rang me and that's great Um, but I ring them all the time, and this week I've spoken to everybody. So, you know, that's the main thing is keeping the communications open so that you can speak to them.
0: Well, and I guess <laughs> even if I'm just hearing you cricket, it's keeping it simple. Yeah, oh, yeah it's simply, not yeah. like that. That to, to stop World War Three or anything else that we have to do anything amazing. It's just communicating.
2: Well, you can't tell them anything anyway, uh, <laughs> because you know when they're forty, they they know it all, and uh, you know it's you're, you're, you're,
0: Maybe she'll start answering your calls, Nick. Yeah. All right, fantastic. Okay, Sally and Grant, as counsellors and having a practice, uh, I, I wrote that you'd come a lot of, uh, across a lot of relational crisis. Uh, and, and just obviously we do have a, a broad cross-section of, you know, representation of community here and, and relationships and family units and dynamics. What would be the best advice you could give us here today in regards to dealing with avoiding and overcoming just, just general issues that we will all face.
4: Um, yeah, and it's... Uh, you could go into complex if you wanted to, but um, I think looking at it, you, you want to start off basically um, by the culture that I guess you're cultivating at home and the environment. Um, what's that based out of? You know, is it based out of fear and things like that? And obviously from that, you get unhe- unhealthy and unhelpful behaviours. So know, identifying if, you know, we're, we're cultivating an environment out of love, what does, that, what does that show? You know, I guess respect and honour towards each other and a few of the guys have, have, have talked about that. Um, I guess in avoiding it, that's, that's a big plus um, if we can cultivate. What I find with a lot of <clears throat> couples, marriages, um, adults that I've, I've been dealing with is that um, we sometimes learn unhelpful <laughs> behaviours and we, we grow up in an environment where we don't actually know how to communicate and we don't know how to you know ring them up all the time and we've never, well we try and every, if it doesn't work out then we sort of close down sort of thing um, and and from that we give up, we don't because, because I guess basically we're looking at it out of fear um, where if we replace that on how we approach how we want to communicate out of that environment, out of love, um, then we're gonna continue cultivating that to what we want it to be.
0: Great. Um,
3: Yeah, so, and I think what we've touched on already is that real importance of communication. Um, And it's actually, as much as we, as human beings, communicate all the time, we actually aren't that good at it, really. We don't learn these skills in high school, we really should. Um, and like Grant was saying, we often fall into habits and patterns that don't come to any outcome that's great, and so there are a huge list of things that now we can't talk about, I won't go there again, I've said that a hundred times, I'm done, and so there's this big list of, um, you know, record of wrongs and things that have hurt me before, and as humans we avoid pain, and we avoid conflict, and we very quickly learn within whatever relationship it is, whether it's parent to child, whether it's you know, a married couple, whether it's friends, we learn quickly, okay, we don't talk about those issues with that person. And I think what happens is that we end up fighting against each other rather than fighting together against the issue. Because in essence, very rarely is the other person the issue. It's usually other external issues that then we carry, which then become our (coughs) own. And so we turn and we fight each other, which then we're loaded with weapons and we've actually let go of the other person's hand. And so it's the idea of actually dropping those weapons and holding hands again and facing each other and fighting against the other issues together very rather good. than fighting against each other and making that the issue, which very rarely actually is.
0: Love it. Fantastic. That's good. Expert. Drip. Um, I want to ask this of all of us here now. Um, do you have any daily routines and habits as a family? Things that, that help the family unit grow stronger together and more in love and more unified? Do you have, do you have daily routines or habits?
4: Normal routines. <laughs> yeah, I think, uh, well, yeah, we, everyone has a routine, you, whether you work, whether you're home, parenting, um, yeah, kids are at school, childcare, whatever it is. I, I think in the midst of all that is to be present, like in every moment, um, not be there and be absent. And I think that's where we sort of disconnect and we, you know, don't form great relationships and communication with each other as a family. So whether that's, you know, I've got to take the kids, you know, to school in the morning, I'm present, you know, I'm engaged with them, whether it's, yeah, man, let's get your shoes on, let's do this. Engaging with the outer love again, like I was saying before, um, committed to, you know, that, you know, whatever that task is for me that day. But for me, it's you know, out of that love, being present in that moment.
0: That's great. I love that.
3: Um, and I'll just add there, I think it's, it's, we all have very busy lives no matter what season we're in. And I think the idea is to realise, particularly with parenting children, is they're not necessarily after quantity, they're after quality. And so we yeah. think, oh, I haven't spent a whole day with one of my children. They're not actually after a whole day. Five minutes of focus, uninterrupted That's That's time is actually all they need. And if you work out what their love language is, which is another really important key with relationships, five minutes of spending quality time with someone where they feel loved, that's five minutes. And their cup's already full. And we don't have to do that, oh, well, I haven't spent a whole day with them. That's okay. Um, Last night for Grant, he helped one of our daughters change her room around. It was nearly bedtime. But to her, her, her thing is active service. So, Dad, can you help me change my room around? She was so full of love. (laughs) She felt loved. And it was just a simple example of, okay, and Grant very consciously and intentionally made time for that. And I was sort of saying, oh, come on, it's time for bed. We we can't start something new. But Grant said, no, no, this is actually really important. And it really was. He was right.
0: Fantastic. So, tell me this. uh, For those who may not know what their kids' love languages are, their spouses' love languages, how can they find that out?
3: Um, Yeah, so there's a really good website. It's simply called 5lovelanguages.com. Um, by the guy that has written the book. Um, And it goes through the different five love languages. You can do it for yourself um, as a single, for yourself as part of a couple. You can do it um, for all your children. Um, Everyone can actually do it for themselves. And then it simply gives your list of five in the order that they're in and then really practical examples of what those things could be for that person. Because often we, we do our first one naturally. So if my first one is gifts, which it's not, if it was, my love language usually to others would be buying gifts for all of my friends. And sometimes if that was their love language, they'd be so appreciative and feel so yeah. loved. If it was their last one, which for me it is, it actually <laughs> falls flat. I, I don't want a gift that doesn't mean anything. And the, the giver would be going, why don't you care about that? Why haven't you had the massive reaction? It's actually not the way that I feel loved. So if we actually learn what each person's number one is, all of a sudden that very, you know, five minutes that we might be able to offer them is full of quality. And that makes them feel loved, which is actually the point of
0: relationships. That's great. That's good. Thank you. Um, Yeah, so Brian, did you have, do you have any daily routines? And, you know, what I'm thinking through with some of those are, you know, quality time. So turning off the the TV at dinner time, sitting around the table and talking. What was the the favourite thing? What was the best thing that happened to you today, either for your spouse or for your kids? And, again, giving just that quality, uh, not not so much quantity – Uh, read before bedtime you know we always pray over the kids our kids won't go to sleep as you know um, for a very long time until we've prayed for them and it's the same prayer every night but that's the prayer they want uh, about having no dreams but nice thoughts from heaven Lord set your angels around them you know protect them and and let them sleep soundly to the morning but they're they're routines that we had but they mean something they started as a routine but they mean something Uh, and it's and it's kind of a secure place and a safe place for the kids did you have any of that
5: yeah, definitely all of those things um it, it's um I think one of the big things is sitting around the dinner table, you know, I notice today there's more um things to distract families and it's hard when uh dads are coming home late and um you know, kids need to be in a routine having meal at, at a certain time, so often you see families sitting around the television or, you know, sitting on the lounge or whatever. But I think it's a a wonderful time for families. And we used to do this. We'd always have family meals together. Uh, You know, we were able to because, um, yeah, Brian's work hours always, he worked his hours to suit the family. So he was there if he needed to take kids to activities or whatever, we often both did you know, shared that uh, role. But, yeah, so having conversation with the kids, you know, getting them to open up and talk a bit and giving them time to to talk and get the space to talk, you know, that's great. But also when they go to bed, just spending a little bit of time with each one of them. And I noticed that, you know, Melissa and Christian do that really well. Lissy, you know, she's, yeah... It's great. And uh, I love to see that. And I know I did try to do that and reading stories and praying with them. It really sets them up for. It's just so important. You just can't, yeah, I just don't think you can um, underestimate the importance of that. But for us at at this stage of life with grandchildren, um, we just love to spend time with our grandchildren. And I think... um, One of the things that, uh, I don't know whether Christian will touch on it, but was what effect that we can have on the helping our our children with the parenting of their children is I don't really think that we can do anything other than just the example that we've set along the way because they don't really want to learn from us. But I think just our role, the importance of our role is what we input into our, ch- our grandchildren and the time we spend with them and making them feel special yeah. to us. And that, that's also good for us too, yep. you know? Keeps you young. Yeah, and ke- makes you feel like, yeah, you're important as well. But also that it, I think, yeah, it's really important to them, so.
0: Brilliant. For time's sake, we're not going to be able to cover everything, obviously, today. But as I said, if you have questions in regards to stuff... These are the experts the true experts and alpha counseling in many areas and the team here will always we want to pray through things with people and, and as i you know kind of prefaced at the beginning there is no perfect family some people's upbringings were sensational some were really tough and you'd never want to do it again um but we're here as a church to to be family to create community and through our connect groups and things like that and to pray for people but kind of one last question for all of us um, you know, in a world that says there, that there should be no boundaries, do what you want, do what makes you feel good, uh, what do you see as healthy boundaries that we can set for our marriages, families and our kids? So, Nick, I might start with you.
1: Um, that's, that's a really good question too because in a, in a home that's got two houses, in effect, um, like the parents and spouse all have to be on the (coughs) same page on that technological front so you don't know what's happening at the other house but you've got to trust that they're backing up what you guys are doing and vice versa so generally as a rule we say okay no tv through the week you might get one night of special time that we sit down as a family possibly watch some funny stuff and sort of bond that way and have a laugh together or leo might go "Oh, dad i want to watch something else and we'll go and have one night that that through the week and then it's business as usual through the week and then weekends we kind of relax a fair bit so technology wise we try and mix it up a little bit because it can become all consuming um, you know uh, you've got all things to think about with Instagram with teenagers coming on Facebook and all that sort of stuff and then all of a sudden communication just goes straight out the window and they're more worried about what might be happening? Internet bullying, all that sort of stuff too, which comes into the page and, and the play. So, yep. yeah, it's All right. So, I know you guys have date night every week. Why do you do that? Oh, we just need time. Like we juggle stuff so much, as a lot of guys know that you know we're doing eighty hours a week in both businesses. So it does. It becomes a real juggling act. Have you always done that? Um, we try and do it as regular as we can. Yeah, like I'm, I'm leading somewhere with this. How did you start doing that? Oh, Was
0: it just a decision you made? Was it, it something was, you it noticed, was, you know, what we yeah, have to do this?
1: Exactly, yeah, like Cussie and I spoke around, it's like, we've got to just start doing something because we can see the void building and to re, re-bridge that every week, even in a busy week, to rebridge that at that point. So if
0: there's a couple here that aren't, what could they do
1: to start and, you know, what would you suggest? Well, I think, like, and you learn all the time and I think the love language thing is a really good idea for them to start and do that together and find a common boundary that they want to do together and then just make sure that they do it once a week whatever it may be, whether it be going for paddleboard, going out, like we're kind of foodies, we like going out, doesn't matter where it is we've got one night where we just go out, eat a meal out, no one has to cook, clean and you know, find the thing that you that your partner most wants to do it. and then compromise in the middle and you go, okay, well, this week we'll do that, next week we'll do that. And it's, al- it's always about finding common ground. That's, that's perfect, start. that's great. And um, can I encourage you if you are a, a married couple
0: here, or, you know, do it and, and the kids will be okay. Get a sitter or get someone to look after them and, and invest into yourselves and invest into your relationship because the healthier you are, the healthier your kids will be observing that. So that's just a little thought from me. Beautiful, Brian, on that. Boundaries around kids, around marriage, around home life.
2: I think the um, interesting thing about our lives is that we set boundaries, and we did very well, but um, we now have a different (coughs) focus. We have 20 grandkids, none of them the same. Um, You wouldn't say two of them are the same, any of them the same, and um, it's a very... It's a big thing. Every house we, we, we stay in or we go and visit or we babysit, you're handling with different things. So um, technology is a big problem to some and the other families it's not on. So, you know, we don't... Um, we just say you can't have it. But, I mean, you know, just, you can't sort of stop that these days with kids. And we've got two very 19-year-old uh, teenage boys that played far too much um, play, um, games on TV and <laughs> computers. And um, sorry to say, but they're sort of addicted to some of these games. So, you know, it's, it's not good. So we've seen that happen with them and other ones, the, the youngest ones, don't play any games. So it's different. Um,
5: so boundaries um,
0: in... Or no? And, and I guess I, I was saying that in the context of we live in a world and a society that says if it feels good, do it. If you want it, get it. Ta- and there there 's no boundaries there 's nothing to stop you as long as you feel good, uh, but that's that 's not healthy or productive in the, in, the, in the sense of, of having a fam- family dynamic so, so what what boundaries can or should we set uh, a- around our marriage, around our parenting, around our, our family home?
5: Well I think it 's important to not um, take on that thing that the world says. Um, or that you hear people saying, oh, everybody else is doing it, so I have to let my kids do it, otherwise they're going to... You know, I think you have to decide what's right for your family Very and good. stick to it and just throw out the rest. It's just rubbish. You know, it, there's so much coming against the family and um, and, uh, you know, as we all know, technology is... It's like bringing the, the whole world into your home. Like, you know, you might worry about your kids walking down the street or going down to the shop. That's not safe, but, and, and possibly not, but, you know, it, there's so much that can just come and bombard and your kids will be exposed to. So it's just like, put those boundaries down. No. You, know, you need to know everything that, that they're doing. You need to have all the securities, all, all the rest of it. you probably all know that anyway, but. That's what I would say for, for young families. Um, like with us, um, we we are kind of semi-retired, but you know, still um, wanting to establish business as well. We spend a lot of time together, but even though we spend a lot of time together, I think it's still the communication thing is something that you can be together but still not communicate. And I think that's the big communication is a huge key.
0: Very good. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I I like what was said there as well in that um, we've been told, you're unfair, and my friends have that, and they do this. It's okay to be unfair. It's okay to be unpopular. Uh, They're your kids and you're raising them. So you set the climate that they they are raised in uh, and you determine core values for your family. Your core values don't have to be determined by somebody else, by social media, by social trends or any other thing, that you can be governed by the Word of God, you can live righteous and your kids can be... Ra- at, when they get of age, they can make whatever decision they like and they will as adults. However, if you still in, instill into them seeds of, of godly nature at an early age, you know, the Bible says that train a child in the way it should go, and when, it is, when they're old, they will not depart from it. We just set the course from them, give them to God, instil faith into their lives and let them walk out the journey that is before them, as we all had to do. But society doesn't have to set the standard for your home.
3: Um, and I suppose that's something that we're currently walking through with our eldest being in Year 8. Um, and, you know, we sort of had said to her, look, it's the legal age to wait till Year 13. So that we just hit behind that for years, since she was nine and was asking for Facebook and Instagram. Um, But she suddenly turned 13 and we went, actually, now's not the time either. And so she's very much like, but all my friends have and they've also had it for three years and, you know, um, but we're actually, for us it's more about open communication. So we actually have full discussion around these topics so she knows that when we eventually let her have Instagram and Facebook we will be added as her friend we will be at any time and we do now at any time Grant says to Ziya give me your phone I'm going to go look through the photos and look through any other thing that you've been communicating with friends and you know emails and she knows that and not as a we don't trust you and we've said it really clearly we trust you we don't trust everybody else um, and it's really quickly we know for ourselves looking around on some things all of a sudden you're looking at something really innocent and then oh that just popped up and I didn't realize for a 13 year old they can't deal with that yes, that's true. <laughs> they don't have the scope to go oh I better shut that down and often at 10 things pop up and they've already seen it so it is about for us having that open communication and saying that's all well and good for them to do but at our house we do this yeah um, and for her to be able to ask the why questions, like why do we do that? Not just, well, more mum and dad said so, because that's actually not enough. It's in, instilling in her the reasons why. You know, what would God say about this? And, you know, what kind of values, what things do we want to look at? All of those things, so that when she's old enough to make those decisions, hopefully she'll make them based yeah. on, these are the reasons why I now need to choose, not just what would mum tell me to do, because I'm not always going to be there to tell her what to do. Um, and the other thing is not to keep secrets. So, if there have been mistakes made, which there have, to come and tell us quickly, not wait till we find out and hope we don't and oh, now I'm sorry because I got found out. But if she's being tempted in those areas or she has had a look at something or something's popped up, come and talk.
1: That's great. You know, there is That's nothing that
3: you can come and tell us that we're going to have a huge reaction to. That's a key, respond, don't react. <laughs> Be really thoughtful, count backwards from five, well, how am I going to respond to the, what this child's just told me they've done or said or thought or been offered? Or... Because if we respond massively in that reaction sense to something little, they're not ever going to come back with something bigger. That's true. And often kids test us with something like, oh, I've just dropped my phone. If we go, oh, my goodness, why did you drop your phone? You're so irresponsible. They're not then going to tell us that someone just offered them drugs. And so we have completely cut down every other conversation after that point. So watch your re- responses. Respond, don't react.
0: Love it. That's fantastic.
4: Yeah, and I think it's, um, again, what I find is important, you talking about boundaries, is if, if they know this is a safe place, if they know that they can trust you, you can talk to them, you're not judging them, you're not pointing the finger, putting blame on them, but you're loving them and giving them guidance from their actions, they'll come back, they'll come back, they'll have those conversations. And sometimes we want the conversation straight away. So we're like, now, 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 talk to me now. But they're not ready. So there's a respect there that we, as they get older, obviously age appropriate, um, where we need to respect them. We need respect that they need some time they need to, to come back and to talk about it. Because they, they're human. They go through emotions feel a lot of things get impacted by a lot of different things that the world throws at us. And, and boundaries around that as parents is that, again, is that we respond appropriately. And we're mindful of our, our own self. So if we're overwhelmed and exhausted from 80 hours of work and one week we communicate that. We tell each other, hey, I'm smashed. I need to do something. I need 30 minutes. I need to have a hot shower, relax, come back, and then I'm ready for you. Good. as long as you communicate that's the other great. person knows yeah same thing
0: so, yeah that, that's awesome I love that and um, you know even with with our kids we've just said you won't get in trouble for making a mistake you'll get in trouble if you like if you make a mistake let's learn from that and let's move forward and I think it's just in, in line with what you're saying it's creating an environment to be imperfect and to learn from that and then to move forward and, and to grow in it. it listen we're we're literally just scratching the surface today Uh, But we wanted to have this because I want to normalize for you and for everyone else that that life is just, it swings and roundabouts, ups and downs and and twists and turns. That that no marriage is perfect, no family unit is perfect, no church is perfect, uh, but we can work at it. And if you're not where you want to be, keep journeying. Keep journeying, putting boundaries in place. Keep journeying, making the right decisions. Keep journeying, speaking to other people and keeping communication lines open. And I hope it's all right for me to do this, but your business is called Reminded. Reminded, reprogramming, changing our mind uh, from old habits, patterns, ways of doing what we've always done. And if you thought, you know what, in regards to our marriage, in regards to parenting or any other thing, I might wanna see these guys. I know you've got a website uh, and you've got a practice down at Coolum. But you know what, if you wanna talk to one of the team, you wanna talk to some professionals, I'd encourage you to do that. that this, one of the saddest things for me is seeing guys in their 30s having to deal with what they should have dealt with in their 20s because there's a pattern and a flow to life and what I should have learned in my 20s that I pushed aside or I put you know put under the rug or whatever I had no mortgage and I had no marriage and I had no kids and I had a tenth of the pressure I have today but I've got to learn those things now under pressure uh, and I just think, just being open and honest and transparent about what's and all this is me. I've got some faults, I've got some flaws, but I'm going to try and do what I can do to be a better person. And by God's grace and with His help, family can work, and family can be great, and family can be beautiful. Let me leave you with a, a closing thought before we go and have some cake and celebrate 40 years of goodness and four years of church. This thought from 1 Corinthians 10, it's starting in verse 23, it says, I have the right to do anything you say, but not everything is beneficial. I have the right to do anything, but not everything is constructive. No one should seek their own good, but the good of others. There's another version of that that says, all things are permissible, but not all things are beneficial. Within our marriages, within our family units, within church, within society, all things are permissible, do what you like, but not everything is beneficial. And and there is always a, a consequence for our actions. So what I do today is going to reap a harvest at some point in my future. And I think like, like Grandma, it's so into the harvest, so into the tomorrow that you want to experience as a married couple or as a parent or as a contributing member of society. Amen? Amen. God is good. Let, let, let me pray over us this, this morning. Can we just thank the panel? You guys are sensational. Thank you for your honesty. Thank you for your openness. But Father, I just pray right now. I thank you, God, that... This morning isn't your typical or general church meeting, but God, you're present. And I pray the things that we've touched on, the things that we've discussed that, Lord God, they will help us. Uh, and, and the little seeds of, of information will have been sown on us, on the inside of us today, that will go away and will work on our family, we'll work on our marriage, we'll work on ourselves. God, we love you, we bless you, and we thank you that you're going before us to make our path straight, to make our way true. In the wonderful and mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said.